Folks, just while the last of the children are leaving, you might want to grab a Bible there in the pew and look up our passage for today. We're in 1 Peter, actually the same place where I uh, chose our call to worship from. 1 Peter chapter 1, the page number, those smaller letters at the end of the New Testament, it's hard to find your way around, 1217, if you're using the Bible in the pew there. 1 Peter chapter 1. Jared Cordner is going to come and read the first 12 verses of that chapter for us just now. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect, exiles scattered throughout the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkled with his blood. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this, you greatly rejoice, though now, for a little while, you may have to suffer, had to suffer great grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with inexpressible and glorious joy, for you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of the Messiah and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were, serving them, that they were not serving themselves, but you when they, preached, when they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Even the angels long to look into these things. Uh, thank you, Jared. Uh, folks, maybe the, the slide here, if you can see it at all, has given you uh, a clue that we're departing from our, our series that we've been running this autumn time. Uh, we've been running a series called Recommissioned, uh, sort of a Bible overview series. But today we're going to take a break from that to have the first of our Frontline Sundays series. Uh, we're not going to have this series running every week. We're going to actually drop into it five times throughout the, the year. Anyone who's been around Kirkpatrick for any time will have heard us use this word uh, frontlines, and some of you will know exactly what we mean by that, and others won't have a clue. So today's the day when we try to close that gap and bring everybody uh, into the same place. Throughout, well, both today and throughout this series, I'm hoping that we can all 
remember or see that we have a front line, that God is with us there, and that he's willing and helping us to live there for his glory. Maybe the best way to uh, get us warmed up is to watch a wee short video together to introduce this series. So all being well, I mean, I don't know if this is going to work at all, but we'll try. Uh, I hope the fellas can get us, get us running. You might be able to hear it, even if you can't see it, but sometimes that doesn't work either, so... Over a month, around 6% of the UK gather together to worship Jesus. It feels like we're too few to make a difference. But the reality is, Monday to Saturday, God has us. Scattered in the world, connecting to hundreds and thousands of people. So wherever you are, whoever you are, Whatever you do, you can make all the difference in the world. And on Sundays, when we gather together, we strengthen and empower one another to be sent out again for life on our front lines. It's a great wee video. Um, what I love about it is it reminds us of two aspects of the life of the church, and we tend to think really only of one of them. So we're church now when we gather here on a Sunday, and that's the bit that most of us intuitively have at the front of our minds. When I say the word church, this is what you think of. But we're also church Monday to Saturday when we're scattered in all those other places that we are. So even then, God's at work in us, and he wants to use us to make all the difference in the world. I wonder, do your friends know that you come to church, um, your neighbors, your colleagues? And what do they think about that? Why do they think, uh, these folks who maybe don't go to church themselves, why do they think you come here? Do they think it was a childhood habit that you haven't quite managed to shrug off? Do they think it's that you're religious and you need a, a sort of a, a fix, you need to tick a religious box each week? Do they think it's where your mates are and therefore you come because you, you see your mates? Or is it because they, they understand that people in churches try to care for each other and they're, they're actually quite happy that you belong to a community where you find that. Folks, there's a, a grain of truth, of course, in all of those views, but they, they're not really what God uh, has in mind when he puts us together in churches, and it's not what Peter talks about when he begins his letter uh, to, to the young believers scattered through ancient Turkey. He wants them to understand much more than that about the church. And he does it in a really interesting way. He does it by helping them see that they're part of the Old Testament people of God. He connects them 
to the Old Testament people of God. And, and actually, it wasn't until I got to work on this this week that I realized how well what I'm going to talk about here fits with what we're doing anyway in our recommissioned series. Peter wants, uh, you know, to use language we're learning, he wants them to know the story that they're a part of. So in the opening verses of this short letter, he gives them two key words and one stunning truth. A couple of key words. First one, right there in the opening verse of chapter one, elect, he says. So we all know what an election is. An election is when you choose somebody for a particular purpose. Well, God has elected or chosen us for a particular purpose, a special job in the world. And as I say, this is where this all just fits so well with what we've been learning on Sunday mornings. A couple of weeks ago in our Bible overview, um, we learned about God electing, choosing. Do you remember Abraham? God told Abraham, Abraham, I'm choosing you, I'm choosing your descendants, and you're going to be a, a blessing uh, to the whole world. You're, we're, well, Peter says that we're elected, we're chosen. But what he does is, is really interesting, I think, because not all of these early Christians were Jewish. A Jewish person would know that they're part of the family of Abraham. That's, that's how they thought of themselves. I'm a son, I'm a daughter of Abraham. But a person who wasn't Jewish would never have thought that. Until now. Until Peter comes along and he says, you're now the people of God. Used to be defined ethnically, it was the, the descendants of Abraham. But now it's defined, not ethnically, but it's defined as those who gather around Jesus Christ, the true descendant of Abraham. So these new Christians, they are the elect. The truth is that with the coming of Jesus, any person who trusts in Jesus Christ is chosen, they're elect, they're part of the family of God. So in the visuals that we're using here, and you've maybe already seen in the video, we are the red dots in this uh, next slide. If we can move on the slides, brilliant. So there we are. The number there might have frightened you a wee bit, um, and you, you heard the accent in the video. It's not a Northern Irish video. That's not a Northern Irish number. There are more than 6% of people in Northern Ireland who choose to come to church once a month. But the number is shrinking here. The UK figure is depressingly low. The Northern Irish figure is smaller than it was and continuing to shrink. So whether you're in Belfast or Birmingham, we're certainly starting to feel like a minority. And you can see that when we're huddled together uh, like this. It looks like we're, we're very few. So coming together like this, getting all the red dots together is really important. That, that's a really important part of church. We gather here to remind ourselves, to, to worship God, to remind ourselves of the story that we're a part of. Uh, and do you remember this story? We believe that God created us. We believe that this world is, and we are broken because of our sin. 
We believe that Jesus' death means that brokenness can be healed. And we believe that one day everything is gonna be transformed. That's the story that we believe. And it's the story that we remind ourselves when we gather like this. One of the things that we hope when we gather like this um, Maybe, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll leave that there. So the, the second of our, our words that we want to look at in, in verse 1 of First Peter is the term exile. So we're elect, but we're also exiles. You can't see it there in the NIV because it's the word translated as strangers. But it's better translated as exiles. So that word exile, that's going back to an Old Testament idea. It's reminding uh, and connecting the people of God in, in the New Testament era with the time when Israel was exiled, when they lost their land. Uh, it's something we've been thinking about a lot in our Sunday evening series as we've been studying uh, Isaiah together. The, the people that they'd sinned, that failed God, God allowed Babylon to invade them to, and, and then take them into exile. So you're living far from home. At first, the people thought, we'll be in exile for a few years, and then we'll go back. But then 30 years passed, and 40, and 50, and 60, and still they were in exile. The prophets at one point had to come to them and tell them, this exile isn't going to end immediately. You're going to need to learn how to live in exile. And actually, in a very powerful chapter in Jeremiah, Jeremiah tells them that they're to remain distinct, that they're to be a blessing, and that they're to pray for the people whom they live among. Exiles, they were. A minority, they were. But they were still the people of God. Today, we're starting to feel more like the exiles, possibly, than we ever did. If we stick the next slide up there, it shows the, the dots rearranged. This is how we feel most of our lives. We don't spend our time with our fellow Christians. We may be the only disciples of Jesus in our home or in our workplace or in our class at school. These are the places where Jesus puts us and he calls us to shine. But it's important that we, if you look at that diagram, you could see what could happen here very easily. It's that the red dots lose their redness. It's important then that we don't lose our distinctiveness. We don't become the same as the culture. Actually, the opposite's true. The reason God's put us where he's put us and he's put those other dots around us, those other people who don't know, yet know Jesus, is so that this might happen if we use the next slide. Can you see that? Just about. Can you see that something changed there? Yeah? Okay. So the red dots are beginning to redden the other dots around them. It's these places where God puts us when we're scattered that we talk about as our front lines. And front lines are the everyday places, the places where we work and study and play, where we connect with people who aren't Christians. Everyone has a front line, at least one. 
Lots of us have many of them. So that's true for a school child, but it's also true for a retired person. We are the scattered people of God. One last thing, just to be clear. The word frontline, I've been using it for years. It does have a negative association. I pointed out it's a military term. That's not what we have in mind. We don't send you from here to fight with people uh, on a weekly basis and then come back and tell us how you got on. That's, that's not what we're thinking. We send you from here to connect with people, to bless them, to see how you can make the room a better place wherever God sends you. Okay. So we've talked about being gathered and scattered. We've talked about our front lines I want you now to think about where your front lines are. So it's where you spend a lot of your time, and particularly in places where you meet people who don't yet know Jesus. Could be the school gate, could be the sports club. Here, I hope, hope you're not coasting at this point. You need to be thinking, because I'm going to ask you to do something about this. So listen to what I'm saying and think, okay? Multitask. A frontline can be the workplace, the sports club, the college, the book club, wherever you volunteer, wherever you look after your grandchildren. could be in your home. It could be as the healthcare visitor comes to look after you because actually you don't get out much anymore. So think for a second about where your front line is because I want you now to come up in a moment and show us where your front line is. And the way we're going to do that, I bought 400, so that should cover all of us, red pins, red dots for our map. So we're going to do something like this here, but we're going to do it on a map of Belfast. So what I want you to do is come up here, lift a pin, and stick it wherever most appropriately is your front line. If you have more than one front line, you're allowed to use more than... Well, maybe have a limit, okay, so that our pins don't run out. You can put three if you have three front lines. I want everybody to come up and show us where their front lines are. The way we're going to do this, we'll sing a song, and while you're singing, you're going to cue, come and get a red pen and stick it on the map. All right, I've got one on there. It'll actually be a good reference point, although as soon as people come up, you'll lose it. The one that's on there at the moment, can you see it? This is my front line. I came and did this during the week. My front line is, for better or for worse, it's like here. Okay, I meet you guys and people you know, and I'm around Ballyhackamore a lot, but others of you are in other places. So um, let's sing that song together and allow people to come up and identify their front line. We're going to sing The Wonderful Cross. You might think it's not a very, uh, it's not got much to do with what we've been talking about here. There's a line in it that caught my eye. It says, All who gather here by grace draw near to bless your name. We gather here. This is where we gather, but while we sing about our gathering, I want us to show where we scatter to. So let's sing. By the way, this might not be done by the time the song's done, okay? I don't want to rush anybody. Take your time. Get your pins in the right place. Just keep going. I'll start up again once the song's over, and we'll keep going until all of, all of your front lines have been identified. Let's stand, worship God, and show each other where we spend our week.
Folks, just keep coming, keep working away. This, this is going to take a while, isn't it? I'll just keep going. Um, one thing I should have said, so the map we have up there, to give it um, a bit of a scale where you could at least see some stuff on it, is a map of Belfast, excluding North Belfast. If the part of the world that really feels like your front line is not on that map, just stick around the edge, sort of in your direction of travel. So if, if you work in Bangor, uh, find the, the road that leads out to Bangor and stick a pin on that somewhere to show us that your uh, front line feels like it's in Bangor. So listen, listen up. I'm just going to keep talking. This is going to feel weird, but sure, that's, that's all right, isn't it? Different church today. We'll go home and remember it. Different. I'm going to keep talking while you stick your pins. So we've, Peter's told these small group of Christians a couple of really important things so far. He's told them that they're exiles, they're not a majority. They don't run the place. They're, um, they're, they feel scattered. So you're exiles, but you are chosen. God has chosen you for the places and the times where he's put you. The last thing we're going to notice this morning in this passage is how Peter reminds these guys of a, a stunning truth. And the stunning truth is that the whole of the Trinitarian God is at work in them and for them. Just a couple of minutes on this. They've been chosen, if you look at the passage there, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. Do you know that? That God knows you and he knows about your workplace? You think nobody knows about that stuff, don't you? That you carry it alone? You maybe don't talk to your spouse about it anymore because you don't want to do their head in with it anymore. But it's known and it's seen. The foreknowledge, before you ever came to be, God knows your life and he knows you. The second way in which God, the, the Godhead is at work is, that, is through the th sanctifying work of the Spirit. What does that mean? Well, it means that God doesn't choose us because we're good. He chooses us because he's gracious and he's kind, but then he wants to make us good. That's what sanctifying means, by the way. To sanctify a person means to make them holy, to make them beautiful, better than they are, more like our loving, beautiful Father God. So this is amazing. The Spirit's at work in me, in you, to sanctify us if we'll let him. It's awesome. And then the third thing, so the, the Father knows us, the Spirit's changing us, and then, says Peter, we're sprinkled in the blood of Jesus. Whenever you hear about the blood of Jesus, if you are part of a community like this, if you know our story, you'll be thinking immediately of the work Jesus did on the cross. He died there that we might be forgiven and brought back to God. Peter certainly has that in mind, but he's something really quite particular in mind when he talks about the sprinkling in the blood of Jesus. 
In the Old Testament, when God made a covenant or renewed it with his people, they would often, the, the priest would often sprinkle the people in the blood as a mark of the covenant. So this is like a badge. It's a mark. So we're sprinkled in the blood of Jesus. We have a badge on us that says we belong to him. So God is at work in all of us, us elect, us exiles, the whole Trinity at work to make us the people that God made us to be. In this Frontline series, uh, we're going to explore the, the implications of all of this for us, what it means to be, to be elect, to be exiles. We're going to think about that wherever we are. Great job, Noah. Whatever we do and whoever we are also. And we're going to finish by looking what it means to be a community of people who do this work together. Together we grow, is what we say. So we're folks who gather and scatter. We're red dots who cluster together on a Sunday and then go all roads during the week. But we're people who God wants to use to make all the difference in the world. Folks, I'm nearly done here. I just want to finish by talking to you a little bit about you, about Kirkpatrick Memorial, and me, actually, what it's like to be your minister. I love Sundays. Whenever you're a minister, Sunday's kind of like the highlight of your week. Okay, I work hard on Sundays, but it's when we gather. It's when I get to see you and what, get to see what God is doing among us as a community. So I, I love Sundays. But over the years, I've grown to love Mondays to Saturdays too, still as your pastor, even though I don't see you. It, it sort of occurs to me sometimes if somebody sends me an email and I'm replying to them and I'm, I'm, I'm imagining, so I'm sending Jared an email to invite him to come and read the Bible in church, but I know where Jared works. So I'm thinking about him in his workplace. I've tried, don't always do it. Whenever you get an email from me, it's not an email anymore. It's a p-mail. Because I try to pray for you when I send you an email. Because I, I don't like sending emails actually. So I thought I'd better stick something good on there that I do like. So Monday to Saturday, we're still the people of God. I did a thing this week. Um, you know we're talking about church suite here a lot, trying to, trying to use it as a tool to build community. What I did this week, there's an occupation box on church suite, isn't there? If I could, if I could edit it, I'll see if I can. I should change it to frontline. There's a box that you have to fill in where you say where your front line is. But there's an occupation box anyway, and it's a good approximation. So I had a look at the whole database, everybody who'd, who'd filled in. Some people haven't yet. They're going to do that when they go home after hearing this. Um, some people haven't said what their occupation is. But I, I had a look at the occupations on Church Suite. I thought, I can do a short version of this, but I'm not going to. I'm going to do the long version. 
So I'm going to tell you in alphabetical order the occupations that we have in church suite. We have accountants, we have accounts receivable officers, we have administrators, we have architects, we have the Associate Regional Secretary of IFES Europe, we have bank administrators, we have barristers, we have catering events uh, people, we have company directors, we have charity workers, we have a civil engineer or two, we have civil servants, we have classroom assistants, we have clinical psychologists, we have coaching executives, communications managers, company directors, computer programmers, consultancy managers, corporate wellness specialists. I'm still only on C, aren't I? Um, Counselors, dentists, development managers, dietitians, directors, doctors, economic consultants, electronic engineers, other engineers, financial advisors, financial consultants, financial services, marketing people, fleet sales, full-time mums, GPs, graphic designers, housing support workers, HSC complaints manager, insurance brokers, insurance claims inspectors, lawyers, lecturers, management consultants, managers, marketing people, marketing managers, mechanical engineers, ministers of religion, ministries facilitators, missions charity administrator, mission resource manager, nurses, occupational therapists, orthodontists, pharmacists, physiotherapists, with a pilot, with plant maintenance, business unit manager, we have preschool, primary and post-primary teachers, with principals, with project managers, physiotherapists, researchers, we've retired people. Hands up any retired people in Kirkpatrick Memorial. We have a few in the house. You're on our list. Good to see you. We have a scheme coordinator, we have senior account manager, we have a senior manager, we have uh, social workers, uh, software consultants and engineers, solicitors, lots of, speech therapists, staff nurses, structural engineers, students, tax directors, town planners, transport managers, university managers, venue managers, and waiting staff. That's quite a list, isn't it? And a lot of people don't have their boxes filled in church suite. Folks, that's really quite something. Here's a thought that occurred to me. If you remember the, the picture with the red dots, and we thought there aren't a whole lot of red dots, maybe there aren't as many Christians in Belfast as there used to be. But I'll tell you what, I wouldn't want to be out and about at large in Belfast for a week without bumping, you know, trying not to bump into a member of Kirkpatrick Memorial on their front lines. It'd be like hard to do a, a week's transacting around Belfast and not meet one of you guys somewhere. Do you see my point? You're scattered. This whole city is yours. It's a front line for you to go and be the people that God has created you to be. You're scattered, but you're chosen by the living God to give him glory on your front lines. God bless you wherever you are this week. May he use you to make a difference in the world. This is where it continues to be a bit weird because we're still not finished, but it's good. What I'm going to do is I'm going to pray 
and then we're going to sing together. And by the time we've prayed and sung, you guys are going to be done, aren't you? Yeah? Maybe not. Well, we'll keep going. Let, let me pray. We've got the words of the prayer on a screen here. They're, they're not my words. They're words that come from some of the resources I'm using in this series. But let's, let's pray asking God's presence and blessing with us.